Self-care looks like different things to different people. But for me, self-care is stepping out of a hot shower and lathering lotion all over my body. It's a simple ritual that reminds me to slow down even on my busiest days. Now, I don't use any old drugstore lotion. I use the Daily Stone from Kate McLeod. It's a solid stone made of cocoa butter and four nourishing oils. That's it. All you have to do is glide the stone along your skin and your body's natural heat will melt and absorb the rich formula. Get 20% off your first order of the Kate McLeod Daily Stone with code GIRLBOSS20. Hello and welcome back to Girlboss Radio. I'm your host, Avery. I'm the founder and CEO of the workplace design consultancy, Bloom. And as your host, I'm on a mission to bring you real, useful advice through candid conversations with some of the world's most impressive women. Today, I'm joined by Kate McLeod, the founder and CEO of her eco-friendly skincare brand. Kate's had a fascinating career journey with not one, not two, but three career pivots. She started out in finance at Goldman Sachs, then went to culinary school and became a pastry chef. Then she started her own bakery in London. She eventually started her own line where she uses her pastry skills to formulate moisturizing body stones that melt into the skin on contact. Kate also happens to be married to the founder and CEO of Hinge, Justin McLeod. Kate and I chatted about how her rom-com worthy love story informed her career journey, why she still formulates her products in her kitchen, and the reason she hates the word success. Let's get into it. Kate, welcome to Girlboss Radio. I am so excited to talk to you today. How are you doing? I am so good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I was really excited. You and I had a couple conversations off camera, off audio. Yeah. We were talking a little bit about my hinge journey, dating journey in the past, love, relationships. The research I got to do for this podcast was so fun because I just felt like I was just being taken along this unique, all-encompassing journey of your life. You're flattering me. Thank you. We're all an interesting journey. I want to go back to the beginning because one part of your story that I couldn't find in all my research is like, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, that's such a good question. I wanted to be a fashion designer. And then I got into school. And for a while, I went through the stage where I wanted to be a vet. And then I wanted to be a surgeon. And then I got into college. I was totally burnt out by like AP labs in high school. And oh God, like the first semester of biology and chemistry, I took an econ class and I was like, I'm going to be an econ major. I never really knew what I wanted to be. And I think what was missing was... I was always like, oh, I should be this and I should be this and I should be this. And actually in the end, for those of you who don't know, like I basically, I started in finance and then I actually, I went to culinary school and I had a bakery. My life, just personal things brought me over to London and I had a bakery called La Petite Americaine, the little American over in London. And then another personal like love brought me back to New York City and through a very winding path, I fell into what I'm doing now. It was like I had muscled through too much and I finally just like let it be and then this emerged. I think you're right that a lot of people have an idea of what they think they should be. And that is a big key thing that came up for me with what you said. So the real path of how I did this is that when I was in college, I interned 
multiple summers at Goldman Sachs. And so I was very lucky. I graduated with a job at Goldman. And because I had set myself up like that, the whole spring semester of my senior year, I declared a leave of absence and went to culinary school for fun. I look at some of the people that I admire the most in the world. They created their own career. Like it, it, it doesn't even have to be something that exists right now. It just has to light you up. We have such a small worldview when we're younger. And even when we're in our teenage years, I would even say even when I was in my 20s, I didn't know what was actually available. You had not one, but three major career pivots in your lifetime, which is wild. You're so sweet. You know what? I'm even going to say I feel like I've had four because I have one running parallel to all of this right now. I have a three and a half year old son and I have a 14, 15 month old daughter. And actually being a mom is the one thing that has been a constant my whole life. I knew I always wanted. How did you transition from pastry chef to the founder of an eco-friendly beauty brand? There was just no other option. I had a bakery over in London and life circumstances changed and I I ended up back in New York. And I was thinking about baking in New York for a little while and even was like playing with that idea, but it just it wasn't it wasn't clicking. My sister-in-law who I've since lost to cancer, she saw me putting on lotion one day and she did not mince words. She just came over, ripped the bottle out of my hand, was like, "What the f are you putting on your skin?" and threw it in the garbage and went into her cupboard. I was staying with her and she brought out a little jar and in it was cocoa butter. So just for anyone that's listening, I work with cocoa butter. Our hero product is the body stone and the body stone is a cocoa butter based solid moisturizer that melts on contact with your body heat. So it glides on just like silk. It's incredible. It has five simple ingredients. And so she brought out cocoa butter. And again, just to clarify for anyone listening, this is not coconut oil. This is not shea butter. Like cocoa butter, we're talking the fat of the cocoa bean is a rock hard solid at room temperature. So imagine just like rubbing a rock on your body. And my sister-in-law looked at me and she was like, you know what? It will melt. It's going to take time. And she said, but you really need to sit with yourself. And the deeper meaning of that just like went right over my head at the moment. And she was like, so go sit with yourself. And I was familiar with cocoa butter because in my pastry days, I actually did a stint in Paris and I had really worked with a lot of like cocoa butter and chocolates and French chocolate is called couverture and it has a higher percentage of cocoa butter. And I I was like, you know what? I bet you if I just temper this on the stove, like I used to temper chocolate. Yeah. And if you're making a ganache for, so like a truffle filling, What you're doing is you're tempering chocolate and then you're adding in more fats. In the case of food, you're adding in butter. And that's why a truffle filling, you know, when you bite in, it's softer. It's just like, it's like velvet on the tongue and in the teeth. Mm. So I was thinking, I was like, okay, I wonder if I melt the cocoa butter down and I start bringing in some of these base oils, if I can get the cocoa butter to absorb these base oils, pump it up with these oils so that the oils are going to lower the melting point because they're liquid at room temperature, then maybe I could get to a point where I like just rub it on. And that's how this started. And the first mixtures were not body stones. It was literally like this mixture that I would pour into a jar and I would I left it by the shower and I would dig it out with a wooden spoon and carve it into a ball and I would rub that all over my body. And what I realized, I'm probably jumping ahead here, but I can't stress what a low point I was at. New York City can be a 
dynamic, energizing, amazing place. And it can be lonely and depressing and scary. I was experiencing the latter and I was realizing that if I put it on at night or if I put it on in the morning, I felt good. I felt like I was like, I was literally treating myself like a baby, but I was like, whoa, it was like we had done one good step. And then it was like, I've spoken to other people that I've, I've had a very long battle with eating disorders. And if I did this, I actually wanted to get out of the apartment. Mm. I didn't want to sit there and maybe like binge and purge on food. I wanted to go out and like send those emails or connect with other people or just that moment of connection with myself made me want to get out and connect with others. And over time, basically when I put this on, that moment of self-care, it just led to a better day. It became a deeply meaningful practice to me. I say a lot on our team, there is such a strength that lies in your own softness. I love that. And this was my access point to that well of strength. I started sharing it with a few friends and family. And and then I, I happened to meet someone who had a beauty shop downtown and it just went from there. Yeah. And we're definitely going to dive more into your brand. And, and, you know, I've actually used the product and I know exactly what you're talking about. And I think that what I really connected with, with what you were saying is there is power in softness. And I think about some of the most vivacious, authentic, interesting, dynamic people I know, and they are soft. You're allowing yourself to be soft and vulnerable and sensitive. And this is where authenticity comes through, right? Avery, I really love that. And I think what people are becoming more and more aware of is that that tender spot inside, that's the girl boss. That's the real power because there's so much, as you just said, authenticity and vulnerability there. Like that's your girl boss. A hundred percent. I was asked a really wildly intimidating question. I met someone who had listened to a podcast that I did and he reached out complimenting the podcast. We ended up having a Zoom call. And on that call, he asked me, how do you receive love? My immediate reaction was tears. I started crying because I'd never been asked that before. And quite frankly, I don't know if I receive it very well. How often do we stop? Whenever we get a compliment, we're like, oh no. Speaking of love, okay, you have a very interesting love story with someone that a lot of us are perhaps familiar with. So you're married to the founder and CEO of Hinge. His name's Justin, who started the dating app back in 2011, but you didn't meet on Hinge. Let's talk a little bit about your story. Where did you meet Justin? I met Justin in college. I had literally just gotten out of an all-girls high school run by nuns and had just and had just gotten my first kiss that summer. I was late bloomer and got to school and was walking around the freshman sophomore quad. And there was this guy standing outside, not my husband. And I was walking with another girlfriend. He was like, ladies, do you want to like come up and see the dorm? And I was like, yes, we do. So excited to be at school. And I, I met Justin later that night. We did not start like dating right off the bat. Later that year, we did. Yeah. And you have a love story like a lot of us have had with our college sweethearts, if you will. Lots of ups and downs. <laughs> he dumped me seven times. Sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, if my daughter is ever in this situation, I'm going to swoop in and be like... Jail immediately. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we were both dealing with a lot. But we knew 
it was very clear that there was a very strong connection there. When I look back on it today and I think about it, we're basically being our inner selves with each other. And there was a real vulnerability. We were playing together. We were laughing together. It was just, it was so fun. And it was really the first time that someone else felt like home to me. So you ended up breaking up and then you embarked on a whole new journey, opening up a bakery and all in Europe. How did you end up finding your way back to each other? So we broke up, I think it was like 2007, and I didn't hear from him for a really long time. You know, one of the last things he said to me was, call me when you're ready to be friends. And I was like, all right, that'll be never. And I meant it. (laughs) See you. (laughs) I had no interest in being friends. So I never called him. And then I got an email in Thanksgiving of 2010, and we ended up having one phone conversation. And he wanted to meet in person. And at that time, you know, I was dating someone else. I had moved abroad with this other person. I was in the process of opening up the bakery. And every time with Justin, we would get back together and then it would fall apart. And I I was just at this moment where I was like, no, like I just did not trust and it just didn't feel right. So I said, I said, no. Fast forward another couple of years, he would email me once a year on my birthday. And I got one random email, you know, my ex and I, he was Swiss. And so we had moved to Zurich from London and Justin sent me this one final email. He thought I still lived in London and he was launching Hinge in London. And he was like, I can't believe I'm never going to see you again. Please meet me for coffee. I'm going to be in town this week. 15 minutes. Hi, goodbye. And honestly, Avery, I hadn't responded to his emails in a really long time. And I called my best friend and I was like, I'm going to respond and I'm probably going to call off the wedding. Honestly, my whole body knew, and that has been something else that has grown. And even when I look at the body stone, like I've really learned to trust what my body is telling me. And we ended up meeting in Zurich. It was the first time in eight years that we had been face to face and we sat down in a coffee shop and like didn't even get water and we're there for like six, seven hours. I moved into his studio in the West Village the next week. (laughs) I love it. And then right after the honeymoon phase starts the complete lost depression, everything coming up of like, what did I just do that ended up leading to the body stone? If you're not using cocoa butter in your everyday body care routine, let me put you on. This nourishing ingredient does wonders for your skin, but it is rock solid in its natural room temperature state. So what did Kate McLeod do? She used her pastry chef skills to turn cocoa butter into a functional stone that softens on contact with warm, dry skin. There's no drying alcohol, sticky waxes, or synthetic preservatives, so it glides on like silk. Intrigued? Get 20% off your first order with code GIRLBOSS20. You're listening to my conversation with skincare founder, Kate McLeod. Let's get back into it. So would you say that you and your husband are both hopeless romantics? I would have a couple of years ago. And now I would say that we have deep, deep love for one another and believe that we have like a very beautiful soul contract. When two people come together, I believe it makes a container 
in which you're actually able to achieve a very different form of growth and evolution than you could solo because that other person's bringing up things in you, your mirrors for one another. And I think we really, really value that. We actively choose. It is not easy. We do not have this like storybook. It's been really rocky. We actively choose to stay in it and just peeling back the onion. We talked about this before we started recording. I don't want to make this all about your husband or Justin, but I think that it's interesting because your journey of love with him has been a huge influence of your own professional journey as well. Tell the people listening a little bit about how your relationship with your husband influenced your latest venture. When we got back together, everyone thought it was such a fairy tale and, and it was, but that chapter had its ending. And then it was really real and it was real work. I think I was at a point where I was so tired of trying to muscle it and so tired of trying to force it. And frankly, if I look at it, I just ended a seven-year relationship and Justin was the catalyst, but he wasn't the reason on a deeper level. I knew that I was muscling that and forcing that out of like the fear of the abandonment that I was suffering when Justin and I like separated back at the end of college. I was muscling throughout Goldman Sachs was muscling. I should do this. Even the bakery was muscling. I have to do something. Let me do this. What can I do? When I just surrendered and softened into that and how my relationship impacts that, you can actually see it in Hinge. They were chasing Tinder for the first four years and then they took a massive, I mean, it tracks our relationship, but when Justin and I started getting into, okay, we, we have to communicate, we have to be vulnerable, they ripped their app down and swiped left on swiping and that's when prompts came on the app and like engaging and like trying. It's interesting because it's like the journey of Hinge is almost your journey too. I own my own business as well. And oftentimes our businesses are, are mirrors of ourselves and our own journey and our own growth. But what we rarely get is the people, the catalyst behind a lot of these evolutions and changes. And I'm reading a book right now about art history, and it goes through the famous women behind some of the most iconic paintings that we know of. And your story in modern day, when we don't have the Picassos and the Andy Warhols and the Monets of our day don't necessarily really exist in the same way, pop culture, hinge, whatever, these are going to be things that we're going to be talking about. To me, you're like the woman behind this incredible story. And I mean, ultimately, hinge has connected millions of people in unique ways that are building relationships. What really knocks the wind out of me, and thank you, by the way, that was really, really beautiful. Honestly, the best is when we're out in the city and we'll go grab like a cup of tea or coffee and I'll see someone on the app. You like spot it in the wild and we'll like tap each other and like point over there. And it's just like, wow, the amount of connections that are love, not to be corny, but like there is love. And I believe that is why it's done so well. Like it shines through. There's real love there. I totally agree. Who inspires you for the body stone? If I'm being really honest and I'm actually really insecure about saying this, I do. Me. I inspire myself. Let's just talk for a second about the product. I did not invent cocoa butter. Cocoa butter has such a beautiful, long history there. I did not invent a solid moisturizer. 
what we're doing differently is we look at this through a food lens. That was my take on this. Simple, clean, safe ingredients that actually work, which I can't take any credit for. They're just natural, powerful. The efficacy of the product is there. Like you will get soft, nourished, glowing skin. I used the skills I had and what I had in my home. For me, the answer always starts in the kitchen. I used the ingredients I had in my cupboard. So we're talking food grade. And because of that, no water in this product. We are sustainable. We cut down on our carbon emissions. But, and I know this is a roundabout way of answering your question. The thing that mattered to me was what we refer to as like everyday magic. And it was that magic of better days. It was that when I put this on, I had an extra bounce in my step and I went out and I did something. This was so scary for me to launch. And then I did it. And then as I kept going, it was scary. But I would remember the girl who literally was at USPS with 20 boxes of body stones, mailing them all over. And I was like, oh my God, okay, I did that. I got to keep doing this for that girl. And then I would do the next step and it would be like my first QVC sale. I love that. It's a really fine line between comparing and being inspired by someone. And that's why I think that sometimes looking inwards and acknowledging where you've pulled yourself out of bad times or hard times. For folks listening, what advice do you have for them to tap in to being their own inspiration? It's not to sound too corny, but like if you can just accept and embrace and soften into yourself, you're going to realize how strong you are. And that strength, it's going to knock you off your feet and you're going to realize that you are really inspiring. What has really become clear in our conversation is you've stayed really close to yourself. You initially started formulating all of your products in your kitchen and you you kept mentioning it all starts everything. It all starts in the kitchen. Can you like tell me a little bit about that? I love to create recipes. I just love it. It's so fun. The way that a lot of beauty runs now that I know is it runs through like contract manufacturers and you can go to a lab and you can order a formula and like then just kind of pump it out. Yeah. You put your brand on it and then you put it out to the world. Yeah. I didn't know about that. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know about that. I certainly didn't have any money to do that. Now we are in Sephora. We are on QVC. And this has been bootstrapped from the ground up. And it is me, my mom, and my co-founder. And I really want to mention my co-founder, Nicola Gray, because she is such a part of this. And there's no way it could have gotten off the ground without her. She really believed in me. We each wrote a check for 30K and that was it. And we've built it very slowly. But sorry, I really want to answer your question. I just, I didn't have any other option. And I also just was making this for me. And sometimes I think that that lack of, oh, you need to do it this way. These are the rules of the game. This is how you have to play. Like if you just create it yourself, it can be like so much more creative and so much more freeing. This never would have been invented in a lab. Try it, just do it. Do you think that this should happen more often? Do you think that more beauty brand founders should be formulating their own products? I have to ask. That might be a spicy question. I have a bias here. (laughs) (laughs) That is a spicy question. Yes. 
And you know what? I made the first 10,000 stones. I still formulate in my kitchen. I have a face stone. I think it's our best product, honestly. I love the face stone. It's incredible. It's a solid moisturizer. It's a massager and a moisturizer in one. It's a natural highlighter. It's the best base you could ever set makeup in. Okay, it's my little ad for that. I have a bath bubble that dissolves in the bath. It's incredible. I played with all those formulas. Yes, I perfected them in my workshop, but like my workshop is just an expansion of my kitchen. I know our products inside and out. And I think perhaps we would have less noise in the industry. I don't really have an ambition or a desire to put out like 28 SKUs. Again, spicy question, not judging. I just, it's not right for me. And to me, if I am going to be spending time, frankly, away from my children, away from my family, away from all of that, then it's got to be on something that aligns with my personal values. I bought and used the product like a year ago. So I've used it. And I think that it's such an intimate experience when you use the product and you can tell that it was made with love. You and I come from two very different worlds. I'm service-based business owner, but I've done every single job at my company. So like I have a certain level of empathy for every single person I hire because I get it. I've done it. Yes. I have literally been on my hands and knees, washing the floors, pouring the stones. I literally made the first 10,000. I stuffed them in canisters. Nicola and I were there like applying the labels, putting them in the boxes, taking them to the post office. Yeah, you know it. What I wanted to get into is you had mentioned like the essence of being a girl boss actually comes from our softness, which I love. And at Girl Boss, we talk a lot about success. You're the first person I've spoken to that was like, I actually don't really like the word success. So let's start there. What is that? It's a word. It sounds that come out of our mouth that with society has attached a lot of shoulds to. And quite frankly, I don't really understand it anymore as a concept. I know that I had a very successful job out of college. I was at Goldman Sachs and I was miserable. I do think it's a little bit more of like a loaded term culturally where most people, it's something that's really interesting to me is I look at my daughter and I'm like, wow, you do nothing. She's 14 months old, right? She does nothing. She coos, she now says hi and bye-bye. And I love her and realize that she is like, I mean, oh my God, the well of love I have for this human. We have just this innate, value that we come into this world with. So I think that I normally kind of roll my eyes and say, well, I'm not really interested in success as like a metric to define my life. I think what I'm really interested in is how do I feel? And do I feel like I'm actually living in truth? I feel, yeah, I would say successful because I have a sense of pride of how I'm showing up. I think I'm showing up with honesty I listen to myself and I listen to others and I'm doing something that I really deeply believe in. Well, thank you for sharing that. I wanted to ask you before we wrap up our conversation, what is next? We're actually at this really interesting point in the business. We're coming up on our five-year anniversary. And someone pointed this out to me the other day and it, it really, I was like, wow, that resonates. When a child turns five, they've developed more independence. And for the business, I really, really want that relationship with Sephora to grow. 
Sephora has been such a wonderful partner to us. How can we reach more people? How can this get into more hands? That is such a partner. Seeing that relationship bloom, seeing others start to take off and seeing where that goes, but really seeing the brand as like this full separate entity. Amazing. So before we wrap up, at the end of each conversation, we do a quick in or out. I have a couple of spicy ones in here for you. Okay. In or out, online dating. In. In or out, women shooting their shot. In. In or out, remote work. In. And out. And think that a blend, a healthy blend is great. But as a mom, work from home has been really amazing. So in. Checking email immediately when you wake up in the morning. Out. That's toxic. (laughs) Social media breaks. Oh, in. I don't even have my own social media account. I just have the business. Okay. And then last but not least, this is a slightly spicy one. Not totally relevant, but Tinder. (laughs) (laughs) I think in, but I think it's the intention, just like anything else that you put behind it. And I think if you're using it to intentionally explore and have fun in, in, in. Perfect. Okay. So where can people find you that want to continue to follow along on your journey? So it's at Kate McLeod on Instagram. The story really tracks me and my life and what's coming up for me in my practice. And I post a lot of very, they're almost like diary entries up on the feed. So you can follow us there. Our site is katemcleod.com. So please look there. And then you can find us on lots of retailers. The one I am going to say right now is Sephora. We are new to Sephora. Please, when you hop into a Sephora store, ask, ask for Kate McLeod. Amazing. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me today. I've had a lot of aha moments chatting with you and thank you for your vulnerability. I know people listening really appreciate it. So until next time. Thank you, Avery. And that's a wrap on my conversation with Kate. After we stopped recording, we talked for another 45 minutes about Iceland, online dating, and our favorite nonfiction books. I really vibe with Kate and I appreciated the vulnerability she brought to our conversation today. I'm really hoping you feel the same way. So we're more than halfway through the second season of Girlboss Radio. So keep your reviews and comments coming. It really makes my day to read them. As always, this podcast is produced by Liz Guber and Victoria Christie and edited by Diego Domine. Until next time, keep blooming. Sorry to the bottle of lotion that's sitting on your nightstand. She's about to be replaced with something better. Kate McLeod's Daily Stone is an innovation in the body care industry. It's an eco-friendly way to moisturize your skin using the nourishing power of cocoa butter. The stove glides on like silk and melts into a luxurious oil. And you can use every last bit of the product. Just pop the remaining bits into a bath for a deep conditioning treatment while you soak. Plus, the scent of rose, frankincense, and neroli makes me feel like I'm at the spa. Get 20% off your first order of the Kate McLeod Daily Stone with code GIRLBOSS20 and say hello to your most supple skin yet.